before I begin, there is, is there still one gray tundra back there? There's still one gray tundra back there blocking, blocking the catering buses or whatever. So if you can move it, that would be of great help to all of us. Kind of, just kind of full disclosure, over the past few weeks, it's been a bit of a difficult time for the church. It's been a difficult time for a lot of things, a lot of different different people affiliated with the church. And honestly, it's kind of been a, an emotional struggle for, struggle for me, just to kind of see how things have been evolving in the church, how things, how once we thought things were bad, things only seem to be getting a little bit worse. Just how these scandals just seem to pile on each other. And although I don't have the answer, maybe not the best answer for exactly what to do, every time I, personally, every time I, I kind of go through this like emotional struggle, this kind of emotional like sadness, I always recall so the words of my first spiritual director whenever I got to Mount St. Mary's. I was kind of going through a funk. I think we all go through it. And, and one of the, the points that he, one of the things that he told me to do, some of the best homework I've ever received in my life. He says, whenever you're going through these struggles, just stop and be grateful. Grateful for the simple things. Nothing complex, nothing high, nothing difficult to grasp. Be grateful for things like food like shelter, clothing, the fact that God made you, the fact that you exist, the fact that you have friends, the fact that you have family, the fact that you're loved by the people around you. What he was getting at ultimately is that if you can sense the presence of God in these simple foundational elements of life, then you will begin to be able to trust God with everything including these things that are far above us, you and I, that we can't control. And in my opinion, nobody does that greater, quite frankly, than children. And I think that's what this gospel is all about. This gospel is all about Jesus exhorting us and reminding us that if we want to enter the kingdom of heaven, it's a matter of being childlike. I mean, it's very clear. At the very beginning of this gospel, we have these 12 apostles talking about these highfalutin things, these things that aren't really in their control. It's kind of like the same thing as like talking about the bishops or the pope these days, this day and age. Just talking about things that are far out of our circle of influence. And whenever Jesus confronts them, whenever he addresses them, all of a sudden they get that awkward silence. Things kind of get... Get a little confused, they get confused, they get worried because they realize they were caught red-handed. They shouldn't have been talking about that stuff. And what Jesus says is something I, I think is very beautiful. Someone, if you wish, if anyone wishes to be first, you shall be last and servant of all. And what he does is he shows us exactly what he means by that. And what does he do? He pulls out a child. And he says in so many words that this is what we're called to be like. A child. And I think the best way to kind of to kind of see exactly what he's exhorting us to, exactly what he's calling us to appreciate in, ch- in children, are the fact that children are small. They're little. They're not big. Especially whenever they're, and especially the younger they are, the smaller they are. And dare I say, the younger they are, the better they are. At least the more, maybe not the better they are, but the more, the more Jesus is talking about what we're, what we're getting at here. I'm just going into an example. If you talk to a five-year-old and you say, you look at a five-year-old and you say, hey, go open up that closet door, 
there's a dragon behind there, they're going to run and be all fascinated by the fact there might be a dragon behind the door. And they might go, and even if a dragon's not there, they might use their imagination to be fascinated by the fact that there could have been a dragon there, or there is a dragon there. I may or may not have been that five-year-old. <laughs> but if you talk to a three-year-old and you show them the closet door and you open it for them, their mind is going to be blown. Oh my goodness, a door that's open. Amazing! How could this be? This feat of engineering! Wow! That's how three-year-olds think. They're just fascinated by these tiny little things. They're amazed by all the nooks and crannies that they can crawl into. They're amazed that these structures exist because they couldn't fathom building them. They're so big, so beautiful, so giant that all they can do is stand in absolute starry-eyed amazement. Wow! Incredible! And that's what God is calling us to do. God is calling us to look at this life, look at this world, and recognize, yeah, people jack it up all the time. People mess it up. People disfigure it. People even disfigure other people. But the fact of the matter is, we still exist. We're still around. And we still have the opportunity to see Beautiful, amazing works of God in our day-to-day -day life if we remember the simple things. If we remember the food. If we remember the clothing. If we remember the shelter that we have. If we remember those good opportunities where we felt loved, where we felt hell, where we felt like everything was going to be okay. That's the truth. But there's something else to a little child that I think we can learn from. Something that I think will help us to better grow in our relationship with God. Whenever I was a little child, my father was the strongest, most powerful human being on the planet. Nobody could beat up my dad. My dad was like, little G God. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, he could have taken on Zeus and just destroyed him. I mean, because that's, that's all I knew. In my littleness, in my, in my, my tininess... My father, who loved me and who cared about me, showed me that he was the strongest man alive. That he can fix anything. That he can do anything. That he knew everything. Because I was three years old and I knew nothing. <laughs> but the point being is that that is exactly the posture that we are called to, to look at whenever we look at God the Father. Whenever we look at God the Father, whenever we look at Jesus... We can't look at somebody who's ignoring us. We can't look at somebody or somebody who's removed from us. What Jesus is calling us to do is adopt that, that childlike lens and see him and see the Father and see God in the same way our three and four-year-old selves saw our own fathers. In the same way that our little selves look at the, look, looked at adults. And see someone who's so powerful and so strong that we can trust him with anything and everything. Everything. That's what this is all about. My dear friends, the apostles were all about climbing ranks. They're all about trying to get up the ladder of bishops. They're all try they, were, they were trying to assert themselves. They were trying to be the greatest. But what Jesus points out is that it's not about being the greatest, guys. It's about being the smallest. It's about being the littlest. And when we recognize our smallness, whenever we recognize our littleness, all we're going to want to do 
is take part in creation. All we're going to want to do is work. All we're going to want to do is serve. And through that work, through that service, through the giving of our lives to something because we're not worried about ourselves and we only, we only want to please God the Father and we only want to engage in His creation in doing that, then and only then we become the greatest. great example of this is today. Today, our great, wonderful quarterback, Drew Brees, <laughs> completed and set an NFL record for completions. Congratulations, Drew. If you were here, I'd say we'd applaud him. But he's not, so we didn't applaud. My point, but, but one of the things that if you talk about Drew Brees, we'd all say, and everybody in the Saints locker room, and people even in ESPN analysts would probably say that he's the greatest, one of the best that's ever lived, guaranteed Hall of Fame quarterback. But if you look at his life, he doesn't live it as if he's the greatest at all. He lives it as if he's the bottom of the food chain. If you talk to other players about him, what does he do? He's in the locker room and he's in the training facility first. He opens it up with the janitors. And if you talk to him, what they'll tell you is that he's the last one to leave. He's constantly working, constantly serving, because he recognizes and he appreciates the beauty of the game of football. He appreciates the beauty of the game that the Saints can provide him. He appreciates the team, and he loves what it offers him and what it offers the community of New Orleans. My point being is you cannot, what he shows us in a simple, practical, little way, in, the, in, a, in a sports way, is that if we want to be great, we have to be small. We have to be little. And we have to recognize that we are called to serve. We have to be childlike. So my dear friends, may that be our posture. While the world seems crashing down upon us, may we, instead of freaking out and getting upset, look at God and recognize that we can trust him. And in that trust, may we adopt the attitude that Jesus is encouraging us to adopt. May we become the servant of all. And may we truly come together and build a kingdom of God. Because we know that no matter what, he will take care of us. Amen.